It's the heat of the draft season, and I want you to be the most prepared player in your league. So today I'm breaking down a recent draft I just did to provide you with the number one strategy for 2023. And let me tell you something, the values that are gonna be available in your leagues are crazy. Just wait till you see the wide receiver I got after round 10. The round one strategy is to take the best wide receiver or running back available. Now I was the 11th pick in this draft, so you can see Team Vetri 11th overall. I took Devontae Adams with the 11th overall pick, and I feel good about it, here's why. We could start with Jimmy Garoppolo. Maybe that's not why I feel good about him, but a lot of people are worried about Jimmy G being the quarterback there, and it's actually dropping Adams to like the second round pretty often or late in round one, despite this man ranking second in targets last year, just four behind Justin Jefferson with 180 in his first year with Josh McDaniels. And now Darren Waller isn't there this year, and Darren Waller is being replaced by not so great tight ends. You have a journeyman tight end in Austin Hooper, who's nothing crazy compared to Darren Waller, and then Michael Mayer is supposed to be a great prospect taken in the second round, but he's dealing with injuries in camp, and he's still a rookie tight end. Look, last year, plain and simple, Devontae Adams, despite being 30 years old, showed no signs of slowing down. He was the number two player in the NFL in Dominator rating. He had 43% of his total offenses production, and that's with Josh Jacobs popping off last year. But if Jacobs just has an average year, not the best running back in the league like last year, Adams is going to see like 50% of the production. Because the wide receiver competition for him is nothing crazy. I mean, these are the two biggest threats right here. Jacoby Myers, who was with Josh McDaniels in New England, he'll probably play some of the slot, but have to get pushed out wide. But what's he going to take? Matt Collins, 93 targets from last year. And Hunter Renfro, who wasn't used all that much last year. So that's where we go in round one. And now round two is still simple. Take the best available running back or wide receiver. And round two starts off. You can see I'm the second pick here. I take Nick Chubb. He was the best available running back or receiver. If Stefan Diggs would have fell to me, I actually would have started back-to-back receivers. But we got Nick Chubb, a top five running back for me this year. I like him and here's why. For starters, he just continues to get better coming off of a career year last year where he played every game and went for like 1,800 yards. And now check this out right here. Nick Chubb last year, this percentage is how many of the carries inside the red zone he got. He got just 46% of his team's carries, the Browns, touches inside the red zone, which ranked 16th in the NFL. That's because Kareem Hunt was there, who you can see was seeing 31%, nearly a third of them. The quarterbacks last year between Brissett and Deshaun Watson saw 19%, but Kareem Hunt is no longer there. So Nick Chubb's going to see more red zone work, which means he could build on the 13 touchdowns he saw last year. And things will only get better for Chubb if Deshaun Watson's able to be efficient and a better quarterback like he was every other year of his career heading into 2023. Now, the strategy for round three is to get an elite mobile quarterback or a wide receiver. And it's in that order. So the priority is elite mobile quarterback. Now, in this round, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Jalen Hurts went. So you could see me here, Team Vetri, the 35th overall pick. I take the final elite mobile quarterback in Lamar Jackson. And when you take a quarterback this early in round three, where all these elite mobile quarterbacks go, you don't have to take another quarterback basically the rest of the draft. And I want these types of quarterbacks because they just have the cheat code for fantasy. The cheat code is two parts. It has to do with the rushing yards. First of all, overall rushing yards, 64 per game, second best last year. And then you can see red zone usage, 18 red zone carries last year. And this is in a season where Lamar Jackson is not going out there at 100% health. But in 2023, he's now healthy, he's paid, he's happy, and there's a lot of other things going his way. You can look at his receiving core to begin with, the best of his career. Just look at the wide receivers here. Bateman coming off of injury, he's healthy. He's already said he's the wide receiver one, Lamar has said. Odell, he's 31, coming off of another torn ACL. But even if he's the wide receiver three, solid wide receiver three. And first round pick, Zay Flowers, who was a very productive player in college. Not to mention the fact that the best weapon on the team we haven't even talked about yet is Mark Andrews, who is the second best tight end in terms of targets and production, only behind Kelsey the last three 
three years. And this is what gets things really interesting for Lamar Jackson. We know he has the rushing upside, but what happens if he starts to become an elite passer because of their new offensive coordinator, Todd Munkin? Look at this in the preseason with the overall starting usage, the first team usage. You can see they ran 64% of the time, 11 personnel. That's three wide receivers on the field compared to last year where it was less than 10%. This is what they want to do. Run more plays, have more receivers out there, pass the ball more. If they're going to see this big of a jump or anywhere near it, Lamar is going to throw a lot more, have a lot more yards, and run a lot more plays, which just leads to even more rushing yards and touchdowns. Now we head to round four, and the strategy is take the best available receiver or running back. And this can become a kind of dead range of the draft, but I was lucky enough to have Debo Samuel fall, and usually he's falling in a lot of these drafts. I'll take Debo Samuel, who two years ago was a top three wide receiver in fantasy before injuries. I'll take him in the fourth round. Look, I get it. He finished as the 38th overall receiver last year in fantasy. So yeah, I mean, based on that production, he should be like a seventh or eighth round pick. But of course, there were injuries. In week seven, he strained his hamstring and it lingered for the whole year. And then in week 14, he had a high ankle sprain and missed three games. But when Debo was healthy, he was just as dynamic as ever. His juke rate last year, ability to make other players miss, was number one in the NFL. And based on that, this is what happened. He goes out there and he puts up the eighth most yards after the catch, despite missing three games at the end of the year and being limited. He is still a dynamic player. And for what it's worth, all the reports out of camp from his head coach, his offensive coordinator, his quarterback is all that Debo's in the best shape of his life. But right now he's at least healthy for the first time in three training camps. And this is worth noting that last year in seven healthy games with Brock Purdy as the quarterback, Debo averaged 13.8 fantasy points, 7.4 targets. This was borderline top 15 wide receiver production. Now he goes around like the wide receiver 20. Now let's move to round five. And if you're finding this helpful and enjoying it, make sure you hit the subscribe button. It'll help me, but also allows you to see our future content so you can schmack around your friends. The round five strategy is to find an upside running back or wide receiver. And this was a pretty easy one for me because at the end of round five with the 59th overall pick, I was able to find the guy in James Cook, the Bills running back one on paper and based around everything we're seeing in the preseason, which right now he's skyrocketing up the rankings. Happy to get him at the end of round five. In the preseason so far with the first team offense, James Cook has played over 80% of the first team snaps and basically been the primary back touching the ball. And last year, the Bills ranked eighth in pass attempts, which is important for a pass catching back like Cook because running backs in similar offenses average a top 15 fantasy finish. Despite that, Cook is still being taken after the top 25 running backs in drafts. That's a mistake. And last year, he was the most explosive player on a per touch basis. 12% of his runs, number one in the NFL, went for at least 10 to 15 yards. He also earned 33 targets despite being a backup for the far majority of the season as a second round rookie last year. But these 33 targets, based on the routes that he ran, he earned a target on 30% of his routes, which was top 10 amongst running backs last year. And now he should run more routes with no Devin Singletary and him being the primary guy in this offense. Plain and simple, this is an elite and explosive playmaker from college, and now he's in a top offense as the lead back. Now, round six is simple. Draft Darren Waller, but if he's gone, get the best wide receiver or running back. And now look how heartbreaking this is. Darren Waller goes with the first pick in the sixth round when I had the second pick in the sixth round. So one pick before me, this would have been like the perfect draft if I landed Darren Waller. Waller has the upside to finish as the tight end two behind only Travis Kelsey this year. That's in his range of outcomes because he has the cheat codes. Just a year ago, he led every single tight end with 13 deep targets despite missing time with injury and being limited and he had 10 red zone targets so his overall usage per game was top five and based on the first preseason game Waller is the wide receiver one on this offense with downfield usage as a tight end he is going to be the focal point so unfortunately I missed out on him but I was able to get Mike Williams normally in this range I would go ahead and maybe take a Jerry Judy if he falls but he's kind of banged up right now we got to see what happens there or a Terry McLaurin would be an auto pick here I definitely would have taken him he went two picks later as you can see here but his injury is also steering me away I went with the healthy Mike Williams and this man right here is a big reason for that Justin Herbert is quarterback of course yes he's a great quarterback but no now he's not hurt last year for the far majority of the season he 
was playing injured with a broken rib and also a torn shoulder. And you can see Sports MD Analysis points out both those on Twitter right here. He says Justin Herbert last year had a rib injury affected his deep ball, which is important, and velocity of throws, also really important. Then you can see he also tore his labrum, his shoulder, based on the surgery he had in the offseason. So clearly that's important for this entire offense, but it's really important for Mike Williams. Because in Herbert's last healthy season, the year before last, Mike Williams led the team with 25 deep targets, top 12 in the entire NFL. He was top 15 in air yards, your overall usage downfield. Yeah, Mike Williams was that guy. He was hurt the most last year from Justin Herbert being injured. Now, despite this, he was still able to put up a top 20 performance for his second straight year, even though he only had four touchdowns. And that's with Herbert injured. Now the touchdown luck probably going to go back up to five, six, or seven, and he's going to see more efficient downfield usage. And now here's one more thing worth pointing out. You can see this tweet from Football Insights on Twitter. The stat is pulled from Fantasy Points data. Wide receiver yard leaders on play action last year. So play action passing. Mike Williams, if you zoom in on this chart, was in the top 10 with all of the elite names from Tyreek Hill to Devontae Adams to CeeDee Lamb. It was Mike Williams in the top 10. And this is important because he has a new offensive coordinator in Kellen Moore, previously with the Dallas Cowboys. And Kellen Moore likes to use play action passing. Now we get to round seven and here's the strategy. Target primarily upside running backs in this round. Because in round seven and eight since 2010, there's only been two top 12 wide receivers from that range. So with my seventh round pick, the 83rd overall pick, I do this. I target a upside running back here from the Chicago Bears in Khalil Herbert. Look, Herbert is the Bears clear cut running back one. And we saw this in the preseason with the first team offense. In game one, he played all seven snaps. No other running back saw a snap or a touch with the first team offense. You can see that right here. And he actually saw an opportunity or a touch, a target or a carry on five of those seven plays. And then in week two, he was rested with the starters as a key piece of the offense. So now here's some of the important things you need to know about Herbert. This fella is very productive per touch. That means he's efficient. As a runner last year, he was fifth in true yards per carry. That's just as a rusher. And then his yards per touch when you factor in his receiving ability, seventh in the NFL, 5.7 yards per touch, more than most of the running backs you know and think are great in the first round. And they are guys like Saquon Barkley, later round picks, second or third round, Jonathan Taylor. He was better than these guys. Now, the reason he doesn't get the same recognition or hype as those guys was, well, he was drafted later on in the NFL draft. And also he was playing behind David Montgomery. But now David Montgomery is gone. And in five career games without Montgomery, Herbert averages 13 fantasy points. And look at this, his rush attempts over 19 per game, two catches over 21 touches per game, which is a very large number. That shows that they trusted Herbert. Some of these touches and most of these games were when he was a rookie. So they trusted him then. They're definitely going to trust him now. And it's worth pointing out that some of that success was against the best defenses we've ever seen. Two years ago, the Bucks run defense never gave up a hundred yard rusher until Khalil Herbert got to town. Now the Bears did bring in a lot of running backs this offseason, which made it a little bit sketchy for Khalil Herbert at times. They signed Travis Holmner. He's sort of a pass catching back, former Seattle Seahawk, nothing threatening there. They signed Deonta Foreman, only a $2 million contract, half of that. So 1 million guaranteed. He's a potential cut candidate. He's looking okay to bad in camp and then Roshan Johnson the rookie fourth round pick good pass protector good pass catcher but he hasn't seen any run with the first team offense in camp I think he's a nice late round pick in fantasy still but in terms of threatening Herbert the signs are not there right now so in round seven like we said the strategy is target an upside running back that guy is pretty simply Khalil Herbert and you should also go ahead and acquire this next asset and that would be the fantasy blueprint that thousands of you are already using but if you're not and you want to win your fantasy league not just your draft every single week of the year schmack around your buddies the blueprint is for you Plain and simple, it has everything you need to do just that. Win your draft and also your league. A player that we talked about here, James Cook, my 67th overall player. I'm 12 spots ahead of the market as of this recording. And the blueprint is very easy to get. You just scan the QR code on the screen or click the link in the description below and follow the two simple steps. If you've already drafted, that's fine. It'll have tools for every single week of the year as well. And here's the important part. These are the two simple steps to get it when you scan that QR code or click the link. But this one right here, if you don't make your fantasy playoff for whatever reason, maybe it's not even the blueprint.
blueprint's fault. Bad injury luck, I do not care. I want you in the playoffs. If not, I'll refund the $5 payment. That's all it is for the entire year. 100% risk-free. Again, go ahead and get this. So to join the thousands of people already using the blueprint for this year, scan the QR code or click the link in the description below now. Now here's your round eight strategy. Target an upside running back. Like I said, in round seven through eight, there's not a lot of upside wide receivers, just two since 2010. We're going back to the running back well. And that's exactly what I did with the second pick in round eight. I went with DeAndre Swift. Now in the past, I've said, I don't want to be drafting DeAndre Swift because he was a fifth and a sixth round pick in the past. But now he fell to round eight in this draft. And there's a lot of encouraging things happening for DeAndre swift the past two to four weeks in the first preseason game he went out there with the starting unit for this game at least and he played six snaps now it might not look good because rashad penny got 16 snaps but it was actually swift who started the game got six snaps and then got pulled and then they let penny play up until like the whole first half and after the game the head coach nick sirianni said yeah we just wanted to get the andre in there quick in and out but they left penny in which shows they probably value swift more and then in the second preseason game very quietly swift was the only eagles running back to actually rest with the starters and here's what you should know about swift last year he was still really productive when he was actually healthy and that's the key part when he was healthy he averaged 6.3 yards per touch the second best out of any running back in the league not named Brees Hall it's pretty clear that Swift wasn't traded for a lack of production it was mostly his availability and also there was questions about his motivation when he was with the Lions well now he joins Jalen Hurts in the Eagles which is one of the best if not the best system in the league in terms of getting your spirits back up and making you feel motivated and that's in regards to the off the field stuff with the leadership of Hurts in this program but on the field it's also going to look pretty motivating running behind the Eagles number one offensive line that's their projection from for this year from pro football focus and they were number one also last year now there's no doubt about it he's gonna lose touches to like kenny gamewell probably rashad penny if he makes the team by the time you're watching this and yes jalen hurts but he's going in round eight and he's going in round eight as the most dynamic running back on this offense he was second in yards created per touch last year so he was creating so many touches in terms of his evaded tackles his juke rate and now he's playing behind the best offensive line which means he's gonna get even easier yards to begin with before he has to create his own so again i don't dislike players i dislike where they're being drafted i dislike deandre swift as a fifth or a sixth round pick but in round eight go get him and in round nine draft a quarterback if you don't already have one otherwise target an upside wide receiver and my upside wide receiver is the new cleveland Browns slot wide receiver elijah moore we may finally get the elijah moore breakout and now you get to draft it as late as ever in round nine mr elijah moore is now the slot wide receiver and might even play in some two wide receiver sets on the outside for deshaun watson now that's important because the average slot wide receiver with deshaun watson averages a top 30 finish but elijah moore goes outside the top 40 receivers right now now of course deshaun watson wasn't great last year his first time playing football in a very long time and the camp reports are pretty up and down right now basically by the day on this offense he only averaged 15 points last year but before that he was literally a top five quarterback every year in fantasy with over 20 fantasy points every single season so if you give him the benefit of the doubt now at a full off season with this entire team i think we will see a more efficient offense especially based on the coaching staff here the running game they have for the browns and similar to deandre swift elijah moore wasn't traded because of his productivity issues no it was kind of just he wasn't gelling with the team he had issues with zach wilson he had issues with the coaching staff but when he actually got on the field last year and zach wilson wasn't playing he earned over 120 percent more points per game and check out this stat right here the highest yards per route run so your overall efficiency against cover two defenses last season elijah moore was fifth in the entire nfl a top five receiver against cover two which the league right now is moving more 
more and more towards cover two. Basically, every defense is going to play it if you have at least a moderately respectable offense. So now you get Elijah Moore in the ninth round. And as a reminder, as a rookie from week eight on, when he finally got to play, playing with not great quarterbacks like a Josh Johnson and a Zach Wilson, he was the wide receiver 26. The wide receiver one overall in a Thursday night game with Josh Johnson. The wide receiver 25. The wide receiver three. He was fantastic before injury. So that's the round nine play. And the round 10 play is the exact same. Draft a quarterback if you haven't yet. Otherwise, get an upside receiver. Now, since I already have my Lamar Jackson from round three, I went ahead and got an upside receiver. Unfortunately, one pick before my pick, Gabe Davis went. That's who I was targeting. The second snipe job in this draft for me. But I got Nico Collins, the number one receiver from the Houston Texans. Here's why I like him. And we can start with his usage in the preseason game as the primary outside receiver running seven of the eight routes, playing 11 of the 14 snaps. Robert Woods was out there for all of the snaps, but that was basically to get him involved in the offense is what the coaching staff said as a new player signing to this team this offseason. Now check out this beautiful stat I found about Nico Collins. So this is another great stat by Football Insights on Twitter. He says, Nico Collins, you could ignore the Terrace Marshall. We don't really care about that. But Nico Collins last year was targeted on 24% of his routes. It was just 11% as a rookie. So he became two times more efficient last year. Here's the chart. You can see high up, how high up he is. But this is the most important part. 24% of his routes. That's in like the top 20 receivers. That's how good he was last year. Now the obvious next question is, well, if he was that good, why didn't he produce? And I have an easy answer for you. He only saw 50% of his targets catchable. 99th in the NFL. That was bottom two in the NFL last year. He played in the 32nd. That's dead last. There's 32 teams the last time I checked. Dead last ranked offense with a quarterback who was outside the top 35 guys in accuracy and efficiency. So yeah, that's why a guy whose efficiency doubles in his second year doesn't produce. But now he has a new quarterback in CJ Stroud who's supposed to be a lot more better than Davis Mills, you'd hope, with a top five pick. Now this offseason, the Texans added a whole bunch of bodies. Some of these bodies were big bodies out there. You see Robert Woods. He's an older receiver. I'm not threatened. Show nothing last year. John Mechie is coming off of cancer. He should be a nice route runner. Second round pick out of Bama. He could be something, but he's mostly a slot guy and right now operating as a wide receiver four or five for this team. Then there's their third round pick who stayed in Houston. Houston for college. Nathaniel, they call him Tank Dell. He was great in the first preseason game. He's gaining a ton of hype. He might actually break into the top three or four wide receiver rotation, but for right now, he is not a threat. He had one big preseason game against second and third string guys. And a lot of people love Tank Dell. I thought he was a great player in college, so some people might be offended by that, but again, he's a third round rookie where there is a veteran in Robert Woods and Nico Collins ahead of him and some other options on this team. Some of those other options are Xavier Hutchinson, who was actually better than Nathaniel Dell in college despite being taken later in the draft. He was a finalist, a top three wide receiver for best wide receivers in the country last year. Tank Dell wasn't. Noah Brown signed this offseason to a decent contract, the former, the veteran, who's a nice run blocker from the Cowboys. And they even added Dalton Schultz, who look, for fantasy, he's finished top 10 the last two years because Dak loves his tight end. Shout out Jake Ferguson for this year. Star that guy. This isn't the video for that, but star that guy. But overall, he's an average tight end. Now, for the most part, I just named a bunch of players, two of them being rookies, one of them basically a rookie in John Mechie, the other one, Robert Woods, who's a little bit older, not as efficient. I'm not really worried about any of these guys coming in for Nico Collins. In round 11, draft Dalton Kincaid or target an upside running back. Now, if you already have Darren Waller, you don't need to take Kincaid, but he is a great option in this round. And here's one of my tweets about Kincaid. He was used as a slot wide receiver this preseason at times. And Josh Allen's slot receivers averaged 13 fantasy points per game, which would have finished third amongst tight ends last year. He's basically going to be used as a wide receiver in this offense. All of the receivers in the NFL draft, the good ones were already taken by the time the Bills were on the clock. So they took Kincaid, who basically can play wide receiver. Now, unfortunately for me in this draft, Dalton Kincaid Kincaid was taking a few picks before my pick. So I'm going to go for the other part of this strategy in round 11, the upside running back. And we're going with Zach Charbonnet, the rookie from Seattle. The Seahawks drafted this mega producer from college in the second round. So he has good draft capital. And here's what that mega production looked like. The fella had over 1300 rushing yards last year, and he had over 300 receiving yards. So nearly 1700 total yards. He had 37 catches, elite production for college running backs and 14 touchdowns. So now here's where
here's what you need to know. Obviously, Kenneth Walker's in this backfield, a little bit banged up right now, but should play if not week one by week two. And Walker had over 1,200 yards as a rookie, but he was just 38th in running back consistency. And what is running back consistency? It's basically your success rate per carry. So he was boom or bust. He was either getting like no yards or one really big long run. And we got to point out that Kenneth Walker wasn't used as a pass catcher last year. We didn't see that in college. It's just not part of his game. He was just 26th in running back usage, his route participation, how often he was running a route out there last year. And that's incredibly important because that's where the second round rookie Zach Charbonnet is going to be involved right away. He's a nice athlete, but look at this. His college target share, nearly 15%. That's elite. If it's like 7%, that's good. 10% elite. It's at 15%. Some of the best of the best ever. And we're already getting the positive quotes from Pete Carroll. Charbonnet is versatile and we'll find out how far he can take the receiving usage. Basically, Charbonnet is already the receiving down back on this team and he has the size to just take over the red zone work as well. In round 12, get a tight end if you haven't yet. Otherwise, target the best available running back or receiver. And since I got sniped on Darren Waller by one pick earlier and Dalton Cade went ahead of me, I don't have a tight end. So with the second pick in round 12, I get the Rams tight end, Tyler Higby. And this dude is so undervalued. He goes outside the top 15 tight ends often after guys like Cole Komet, which is a major mistake. Just a year ago, last year in 2022, he had a career high 108 targets. The only guys who had 100 plus targets last year were Tyler Higby, Mark Andrews, TJ Hawkinson, and Travis Kelsey. Now, of course, he played a portion of the season without Cooper Cup, which did help that, or at least you might think that helped that, but check this out. Higby actually averaged more points and targets when Cup was active, not out. So he was going to get 100 plus either way. He earned 10 and a half points and 7.2 targets per game with Cup active. Plain and simple, that was top 10 tight end usage. And now there's still no major competition outside of Cup in this passing attack. In round 13, target an upside wide receiver or running back. And now this is the guy I said at the beginning of the video, a wide receiver after round 10. How did I get him here? Ladies and gentlemen, Rashad Bateman fell to the second to last pick of the 13th round. And based on the ESPN ADP, he would have been there in like the 14th or 15th round if I just let him slide more, but I wanted to make sure I got him. I have Rashad Bateman graded out as a ninth round pick right now. So this is as insane value as it gets. And this is where you're going to find most of the league winning value in your home leagues, which is why the blueprint will help you in just paying attention to this content. Look, this dude, Rashad Bateman has a legit shot to be the Ravens wide receiver one. I mean, he's competing with a guy coming off his second ACL in Odell at age 31. And then a rookie who does look good in camp, getting all the hype, but still a rookie. Before injury last year and to open up the season, Rashad Bateman was solid. He was very efficient, a top 15 efficiency receiver. He put up 14 points in week one, nearly 21 points in week two, and then he ends up getting hurt a couple weeks later. But as we talked about earlier with Lamar Jackson, this brand new offense with more 11 personnel, that's going to help three wide receivers get on the field. Bateman's going to stay on the field in two wide receiver sets, leading to just more overall production. And let's get the Rashad Bateman story straight. This is his third year. In year one, in August, in like preseason and camp, he ends up having a groin injury. He then re-injures it in November. So the rookie year shot by injuries. And then last year, he has a Liz Frank sprain. So that's shot as well. So he's basically been injured. Is he injury prone? It's just two injuries. Who knows? But this has always been a productive player when he's actually out there on the field, both in college and in his limited NFL experience. Now in round 14, target an upside wide receiver or running back. And beautiful people, that's what I do right here with the Packers wide receiver, Jaden Reed, who I know Christian Watson is out there, but Jaden Reed could quietly lead this team in targets. This fellow was ultra productive in college. Check this out. He broke out at just 18 years old, which correlates. That's some of the youngest breakout age we've ever seen. It correlates with future success in college, which he had and the pros. Look at this. He earned 25% of his team's targets well above average, 36% college dominator. That's his overall production from college. That is well above average. And more clarification on that dominator. That's for your total offensive production. So your overall team's yards, touchdowns, targets. He had almost 40% of that in college. And this dude in rookie minicamp in June was already being used as the starting slot receiver. That's very rare for a second round rookie to win the job that early. And then in the preseason, we saw him operating in this same role. So it was nice to actually see that go out there in practice with the first team offense. He operated as the main slot wide receiver. You can see nine snaps, six routes run. He actually 
actually had a touchdown in the second preseason game from his starting quarterback Jordan Love plain and simple this guy has nice draft capital in the second round the Packers have a great history of second round receivers for what it's worth he was productive and a dynamic athlete in college and those are the types of things we want to pay attention to when we get to the later rounds of our drafts finding these upside first second third year players like a Jaden Reed I mean if I'm being honest with you I can't believe people were taking kickers over him in this range and if you scrolled up a little bit more you'd see guys like KJ Osborne went before him that is just mind-boggling to me there's nowhere near as much upside so this is the number one strategy for your draft right now fresh as can be content for your draft to win your league now if you want to see the top 24 wide receivers that you need to target for the first couple of rounds of your draft make sure you have that unlocked well check out this beautiful video right here and if you made it through the end of this massive video make sure you hit the subscribe button so you get all the content you need the rest of the year to smack around your buddies